coming up next, we have Dave Belleville and Johnny Strauser to review the Sanderson Farms Championship from last weekend, preview the Shriners. We talk Bryson in the long drive, and we, of course, will review Dave's big win at the Fort Wayne Senior City a few weeks ago. All that coming up. Welcome to your best bets. Uh, doing the, uh, the the Sanderson Farms review tonight, as, along with the Shriners uh, Children's Hospital Open, something or other in Vegas this weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about Bryson uh, killing it out the long drive, uh, little Justin Thomas caddy action, and uh, one one of our colleagues uh, a show correspondent here with the big win we're going to talk about at the top as well uh johnny strauser is here johnny um are you still in on the dan campbell experience after four games <laughs> oh my goodness see i gotta relive this yeah i am just, but just briefly. i mean it's fully four games in and you could just you just see how bad the roster that uh bob quinn and matt patricia left the, the team so I, I have faith that the uh, general manager and the, the head coach can turn things around. But let me just say this. They, they're playing without their left tackle. Their all-star or their all-pro center is out. I mean, their best receiver, who's terrible, it, it was out. They've got injuries. And, go. you know, the coaches are learning on the fly and got outcoached by, uh, by Matt Nagy um, on Sunday. So, you know. It's just the Lions, so it's just like one of those things that you know uh, I'm devastated, but it just that's how I wake up on Monday morning during football season. Well, it's been in like a, an eternal state of devastation. Uh, two things, real quick. Uh, first, my wife said yesterday, "Why, why have the Lions been so bad forever? They've been bad forever, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know, in the NFL, the same teams are usually pretty good. The same teams are bad. It's just an organizational, uh, like organizational dysfunction, you know, for 30, 40, 50 years." Um, and secondly, I was going to mention, you've lost to probably the worst head coach in the league yesterday, Matt Nagy. Um, but you know, no worries. He, Andy Dalton is still going to be the starter when he comes back from injury, when he's healthy. So no worries guys, no worries. Being, being a bears fan, I take tiny, tiny, tiny bit offense to that, but only a tiny bit. (laughs) The the worst coach comment. By the way, I, (laughs) I'm with you. I am a bears fan. I am a huge bears fan. This is just. I, that's my personal feelings on it. No, that voice, that's fair. Yeah. Um, another story for another show. Uh, that voice you heard is Dave Belleville. Dave is back on the show. Welcome back, Dave. Thank you. Good to be here. Uh, three or four weeks ago, I've, my, my time is my, you know, time is a flat circle in my life. I don't really know what's going on as far as what's last week or two weeks ago, but Dave won the Fort Wayne senior city. Uh, so big congrats, Dave, uh, from myself. I'm sure Johnny Zach wanted to be on tonight. He couldn't, yes, he had a, he had a, he had a flooded uh, basement, so he couldn't be with us. So Dave, uh, first of all, how does it feel to be the senior city champion in 2021? You know, it's, it's, first of all, thank you. I do appreciate the, the congrats. Um, it, 
it's hard to explain, to be honest with you. It's really, really cool. But other than that fleeting half hour to 45 minutes when I was doing a bunch of interviews at the golf course, it hasn't really sunk in yet. Um, because the trophy that you're supposed to get is not going to be here till sometime in early November. So I don't actually have that part of it. <laughs> what's the, what's the explanation on that? Is that, is that a COVID thing too? It's, it is. It's pretty much like everything else. I guess, uh, Mike Rieke found out like five or six days before the tournament that, Hey, all that stuff's on back order. You're not going to have it for the tournament. Um, so they actually for that day and for picture opportunities, they presented me with uh, Tim Wagner's from last year. Um, but no, Mike told me up front what was going on and what have you. So it's supposed to be in sometime in early November. So it's, it's like everything else right now. Good luck getting it. So it's true. I, I ordered a new, uh, a new couch in June, I think. And yeah. I'm not going to have it till December. So I, I kind of, forgot. I hope you have it by December. I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even worried about it. You know, I kind of forgot I bought it at this point. So it's just going to be a bonus yeah. whenever it shows up. Yeah, um, exactly. So let's, let's talk about the tournament a little bit, Dave. Um, you know, so I, I don't know what your form was headed into the tournament, but you, you start off with, two under 69 to, to get the, the overnight lead. Um, yeah. So talk about kind of what your game was like headed into the tournament and what, you know, what, it, what, what happened that first day. Thank you. Um, first of all, it was actually a really windy day that first day. It was uh, warm enough, but it was probably 15 to 18 mile an hour wind. But uh, let me back up just a tiny bit. Uh, the Wednesday before the tournament, we were, standing around the golf garage doing something and Matt Schmidt came up to me and he looked me right in the eye and he goes, you think you got a chance to win? And I kind of hesitated for a minute and I go, Matt, I said, you know, I said, if I can make a few putts, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I really think I can. And the funny thing is I didn't make a lot of long putts, but I didn't miss any putts out there from five feet or in. I did not three putt. But either day, um, I, my driver on Sunday, which was the first round, I hit really, really well. Never in trouble. Hit it relatively long for me. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I played really well. I actually bogeyed the last hole for the two under 69. But I wasn't – I mean, I wasn't overly mad about it. Like I say, the wind was blowing, uh, hit some good shots. So, no, it was just a good, solid, steady round. Um and then on Monday, it wasn't quite as windy, and my driver wasn't quite as good. Um, but I, again, my putter, I made probably four putts, 10 feet-ish. Uh, one I made on 12 to save par after a horrendous, well, I won't say horrendous, I thought I hit a good third shot. Um, and I don't know if you know much about Orchard Ridge, but the pin was front, like right in front, and that's a real thin section of the green right there. I had like 96 in on my third shot. Thought I hit a good shot. Gust of wind got it a little bit, blew it in the bunker. So I'm in the bunker three feet below the green with no green and the green sloping away from you. So I'm trying to figure out what in the world. Anyway, I knock it to about seven feet. That putt's got about three foot of break and I made it. And I kind of knew right then things might be okay. I mean, I, I didn't miss a shot on the back nine on Monday, so it was, it, it was really good. Really good. Yeah. 
that's, that's, I mean, that's got to be a good feeling, though, when you know the tournament's in the balance the last few holes. And yeah, know. the funny thing is, um, I was playing with uh, Tim Dobus and Brian Gottwald, and I knew kind of obviously where I stood with those guys because obviously, same group. Um, Mark Redorf and I don't remember who else were in the group in front of us. So a couple of times we would catch up to them and I'd just say, Hey, how's everybody doing? Nobody in that group was doing anything. And then Thad Winter and some other guys were in the group in front of them. So I checked with each of those groups like once or twice just to kind of say, Hey, where's everybody at? What's going on? Well, suffice it to say through 13, I thought I had a four shot lead. Uh, and then I birdied 14 to get back to even for the day. So I thought I had, uh, excuse me, get back to even on the backside. I thought I had a five shot lead. So I played the par three 15 and then I get to 16 T and there's Matt, the co-owner in the golf graduate with me. And I kind of look over at him and I held out five fingers and I pointed down. I'm like, I'm, I got a five shot lead. And he just kind of looked at me, you know, like, all right, thumbs up. <laughs> well, Unbeknownst to me, Carl Barron shot 78-64, and he was already done. He teed off hour and 40 minutes before I did, and I hadn't heard anything about it. So somebody had told Matt what happened, and Matt asked me where I was. So I told him, and again, I'm thinking I got a five-shot lead. Yeah. He didn't say anything to me. He chose not to tell me. Which is fine. I'm okay with that. I said, but if I was one down, you sure as heck better have told me. Um, but they chose not to tell me, which is fine. Um, but it, it, did, did Matt did Matt not say anything because he didn't want it to kind of mess with your head? Or yeah, have... that's kind of what he said. He's like, I didn't want to. He said, I saw how good you were hitting the ball. He's like, and I didn't want to put anything on that at all. He's like, just wanted you to go play, you know. And I hit. Really good drive on 16. I actually only had like 60 yards in on 16. Knocked that to about seven feet. Really wanted to make that. Just lift it out. Uh, 17's the par three downhill. That was playing into about a 10-mile-an-hour wind. And I don't remember exactly what it was playing. 145, 148. Um, and I had a great cut eight iron in there about 10 feet from the hole. Downhill a little bit. Really wanted to make that. Got it about half a foot, foot away. And then 18, the tees were at their normal blue, that we played the blue tees. The tees were at their normal blue location, so not way, way back, but at the back of the, the main tee. And the day before, I had hit four iron, and I don't know if you know the hole well, but on the right-hand side, there used to be an old bunker there, but now it's just like a grassy area. Yeah. Well, I was just trying to keep it approximately even with that. That's where my four iron went the day before. So I'm like, you know, if I hit it there, I got 110 in, no big deal. So I hit four iron and I hit it right at that area with a tiny bit of draw. And it carried that bunker area. And I actually ended up hitting that four iron 235 yards, <laughs> which almost got me. I was still in the middle of fairway, but it almost got me to the distance of the water up there on the left. So I'm like, Oh, I'd have never hit that. If I'd have thought that I could get it to there. Um, but yeah, all, all that adrenaline, right? I mean, that's what I was going to say. Adrenaline's yeah. a real thing. I guess when yeah. you get in that situation, I didn't really, 
feel it though. That's what was weird. I mean, I was, I mean, I was feeling good. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't feel, you know, like my heart was really pumping that hard or anything, but obviously it was. So. Yeah. The, uh, the, the round by Carl, eight shots better oh. than, than anyone else that day. Unreal. Um, that's a pretty unreal round uh, at Orchard. You know, Johnny and I, we both can speak to this. I mean, I, and the thing I appreciate about Orchard is it's, you really got to, you really got to strike the ball. Well, you got to, it, it tests, yeah. you know, you, you know, driving accuracy. It's not necessarily yep. long, but like you got to put the ball nope. in the right spots on the greens. Yep. And it's hard to score there. It really it is. is. It is. So 64 is, is pretty ridiculous from, and from what it sounds like, it wasn't necessarily playing easy. Um, no, it wasn't. And that's the other thing that made it so crazy. The 64 for Carl doesn't shock me as much as the 78 the first day did, to be honest with you. I mean, Carl's such a good player. When I saw what he shot, I was kind of scratching my head going, wow. You know, I'm not sure what happened. Um, but 64 was amazing. Um, I, 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 I'm sure Johnny could could echo this but i i can't remember like a a, a local win in, in my time of being around you know playing these events for 15 20 years like like the reception for yours i mean i i i you know i was texting people about it everyone was so genuinely happy for you i'm sure you got a lot of messages on facebook and i know you said you had a ton of texts um but i i i just the reception for the victory in Fort Wayne seemed to be just such a strong uh, feeling for you. And so that, that had to make you feel pretty good. You know, it's, and <laughs> thank you for mentioning it, bringing it up. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little choked up now. The fact that you even brought it up. Um, it's what I do. I try <laughs> to be a decent human being, <laughs> but I also know at times I can be an abrasive ass. Um, but I was humbled by the response, to be honest with you. And, and Mark Benicky, the head pro out there, kind of started it. I mean, he almost got choked up and <laughs> given me a hug. He's like, I cannot tell you how happy I am for you and how much you deserve this. <sighs> yeah, that's well, that I, and, I, and I, I, I don't I, I don't go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, interrupt. no, I, I, I just think that's the same feeling. A lot of yeah. us had for you. I, we were I just got, genuinely happy I got for you. Texts and Facebook messages and what have you from not just people that I didn't think would even really care, but just I don't know. It was it was overwhelming. I was truly humbled, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It was just wow. Um, and <laughs> And your brother actually was one of them. One of, and I, I can't even remember the exact words he used the other day. But it's just, uh, yeah. Just, I, I, only thing I can say is I'm humbled. I, I truly am. I shout out, uh, shout out, Tim. You always have a way with words. Um, uh, <laughs> he's such a good dude. Yeah, he's all right. Uh, Johnny, anything to add? No, I was. Uh, obviously that was a very popular win and, and, you know, really good playing because like, like, you know, you, you two had both discussed there. It's, it's such a hard course to, to, to stay focused on. I mean, it's, it, it's not going to beat you in length, but you got to keep it on the golf course. You got to play, uh, you got to play the angles and, and those greens are so, so tough to, um, to have makeable putts on. So really, really great yeah. job. Um, you know, real happy to see, 
someone who you know who's worked so hard to uh, you know to to succeed there, have uh, have some tangible success there, and, and be the champion there. So good for you, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, this leads to some you know continued good golf going forward. I appreciate that, and that I mean that's one of the questions they asked me uh, at one of the interviews afterwards. Um, they're like, so what does this mean going forward? I'm like, well. I'm not real sure because this is the first thing I've won in like 35 years. So I'm not real sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you know in a year or so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does help. I mean, I I know this is silly and stupid. I haven't touched a golf club since that Monday until yesterday. And I went out and played Cherry Hill with my son, Blue Tees, and I shot 72. And I'm not going to say the game was easy. But I think knowing that I do actually possess the ability to play pretty decently makes it a little easier to play decently, if that makes any sense. Yeah. doesn't yeah. mean the game isn't hard because it is, but. Well, uh, it's, I think it's confidence is a hell of a drug. And uh, I mean, I, I, you know, we, we're sitting with someone that's really good that, can speak to that you right know, when, you, when you get right. it going and you've had success you know you just feel like you're going to have more of it i'm waiting for that to get that feeling um but uh, <laughs> uh i mean but seriously i mean now you you've proven to yourself you know you yeah. you've, you've you've done this and now when you go out and play you have this you know and, and maybe it's you know it won't last forever maybe there'll be rounds here and there right. but you can always fall back on that now uh you yeah. know turn yeah. next year and Absolutely. And I think a little part of it, though, too, was uh, in the regular city this year. I did shoot 69 the second day from the back tees at Riverbend or not Riverbend. My apologies, Brookwood. Um, And, you know, I'm 56 years old. I'm not I'm not short, um, but I'm not those kids that hit it 320 and 330. Um, I can move it out there 260 to 280 most of the times. But but being able to do that that day um, in the quote unquote big city, that gave me a little confidence, honestly. Um, like, you know what? I can't, granted, I didn't play great the day before or the day after, but that's a whole separate side point. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Just a really good uh, five or six weeks there. So uh, yeah, awesome job. Uh, yeah, we're all happy for you. Thank you. Uh, so success going forward. I, I anticipate, uh, in 2022 for you, Dave, um, here's hoping let's, uh, let's transition to the PGA tour guys. Um, you know, the, as Johnny and I discussed last week, one of the highly, most highly anticipated fall events last week in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, the Sanderson farms championship, uh, where, you know, giant rooster is a trophy. I mean, who wouldn't love that? Speaking of trophies, <laughs> Um, so I bet there's in the league. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sam Burns, guys, Sam Burns. Um, you know, no secret, I love Sam Burns. I've talked him up for a long time. I, you know, I'll let Johnny share some of it, but you know, I felt like I, I take ownership of this guy. You know, he's vaulted, he was outside of the top 150 in the world this time last year, and now he is uh, sitting at 18, I believe. Uh, if that's right, Johnny, um, uh, two wins now, um, in his last, I want to say. 10, 12 events. Um, I think this is his sixth top three finish in calendar year 2021. Um, you know, we talked about him, you know, potentially being a Ryder Cup pick. We didn't really understand quite why he wasn't getting any fanfare. He had the same 
you know, numbers as Scotty Scheffler, you know, and, and he's the same age and really he had more high finishes, you know, maybe not the, the, the major performances that Scheffler had, but um, this guy's got the complete game. I think he's a superstar in the making. Uh, Johnny, what do you make of Burns' performance this past weekend and what's his ceiling going forward? You know, you, you had said it um, pretty accurately. You were you were on him at the start, and I think I think the thing kind of started when he played that what was it, the Honda Classic with Tiger, and beat his brains out. It was like a Saturday or Sunday, whatever day he got paired with him there. And um, I think they kind of recognized like a lot of the pros I had heard had recognized the the type of game that he's got, and it, it taken him a little bit of time there to uh, you know to get it going here, but. He, he's, you know, he's worked on it. Um, great ball striker. Um, his, his, his golf swings just gorgeous. I mean, it's just, it's almost, it's almost fail proof. And when he can get the, the putter rolling, he's, you know, he's, he's a really, really good player who can, who, who can make a ton of birdies there. So, you know, it's, it's nice to see he wasn't as heralded out of college at, uh, Scotty Shep or Colin Morikawa or, you know, uh, Matthew Wolf. Um, but he's kind of turned himself into a, a real plus player there. And, you know, I think what, what sets him apart from some of these younger guys is, is the ability to win. And I know he's been out there maybe a couple of years longer than those guys, but, you know, once he, once he learned to kind of to close the deal, um, you know, he's, he's really been able to do that. He's kind of a trusted player you know, come that, uh, um, you know, come Sunday that you, you know, he's going to end up playing pretty well. So ceiling wise, you know, I could see him as a major champion for sure. Um, I, I think that's the one thing off of his resume here. That's not given him the, 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 the media accolades that he deserves yet is because in the WGCs and in the major championships, he just really hasn't, um, hasn't performed well enough to, to get his name out there, but I was watching uh, uh, today um, uh, golf today with, uh, with George Savarikas and, and Shane Bacon, and they were finally singing his praises today and, and about, they were throwing out those numbers. You know, he's 18th in the world, uh, the top three finishes, um, you know, 154 days, I think they said in between wins. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive to win multiple times in, in the calendar year there. So, you know, I, we like to jump and say how many majors that a guy's going to win, you know, five, six, seven, eight majors or whatever. We're not going to put a number on it, but major champion is still pretty significant there. And I think that's the next step is to, is to get better at those more consistent, those have his game peaking at those moments there and uh, you know, contending in them. And, and I think he's got the game who could, uh, who could put it together and win one. Yeah. Great points. Um, he's, he's, one of the best Bermuda putters on tour. And and what's funny this weekend is he was really poor with the putter. Um, he lost two strokes of the field putting. Uh, he was around 60th in the field. This was a ball striking win. First, first off the tee, second approach for the week. Um, you know, every time I turned it over between football yesterday, he was just, I mean, he was launching that driver. He was swinging with so much confidence. And what we talked about before, you could tell that he, you know, I think it was on the 12th hole. I texted you. I said, Burns is going to win, isn't he? I mean, he just, you could just see it lining up for him. Um, Dave, your thoughts on Burns? Is this just a matter of him finally breaking through and now we're just maybe going to see the wins come for him? Um, possibly. 
Uh, I don't think anybody was surprised that Sam Burns came from, I don't remember if he's what, two behind, three behind, whatever it was, to win. Mm -hmm. Um, He's obviously proven he can win. Um, The guys that were in front of him aren't that proven yet, to be honest with you. So it wasn't a huge surprise. Um, You you both kind of mentioned a little bit about him as far as, you know, the respect factor or what have you. He has two wins in the last year. Tony Finau has two wins in how many years? Um, Yet Tony gets all the attention. I like Tony. I'm not saying, you know, anything about that, but. um, What about, what about the the comparison with Scheffler? I mean, Scheffler still hasn't won. Yeah. And same thing. And Scheffler, I'll tell you that in a second. Scheffler doesn't have a win and now Sam's got two. So you're, you know, uh, at least discussion about why wasn't he given more consideration for the Ryder cup is a hundred percent valid. Um, Scotty Scheffler made the Ryder cup team because he beat John Rahm in the match play WGC match play six months ago, eight months ago. Plus he had, I mean, he's had a great year. Don't get me wrong, but the fact that he beat John Rahm head to head. And as it turns out, that's who he played again as well. But that's, that's that was the big one as far as how Scotty Scheffler, I'm sure, got picked over some of those. Personally, I would have taken Kevin Na, but, but you know, um, <laughs> fair enough. He's just a great putter. That's all. <laughs> um, but no, I I, I kind of agree with Johnny. I think I definitely could see Sam winning a major, potentially a couple. Is he gonna you know Is he gonna light it on fire and put up five or six? I don't. I don't really want to put that on anybody, to be honest with you. Um, could it happen? Sure. There's a lot of variables between now and eight or nine years from now, you know? Well, you know, Zach, Zach gave Morikawa 10 majors, I think, in one of the other, one of the shows he was on, right? Was that right, Johnny? He gave Morikawa yeah, double digits. Yeah. So, double you know, digits. just Zach's given out. Yeah, we he's given out. We hand them out say. on this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're just handing them out. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's a big – Piggyback on, on what you guys said, I, I think his upside is, is to win a major. I think he's got, you know, top 10 potentially. Heck, he's already 18th. But I just see long-term staying power. I, you know, I don't want to say Dustin Johnson, but I see Dustin Johnson-like tendencies. When when he's on, he's really, really good. And he's really – I think as he learns to win, he could be, you know, pretty tough to beat if his – you know, the knock on him – before the last six months was his iron play. Maybe was a bit off. He could always bomb it. He could always put the lights out, but his iron play is really tightened up and there's just not a lot of holes in his game. And, um, you know, if you got, you face a guy that's, that's got all the tools like that and is playing with confidence. I, I think he's got a really bright future. So I'm, I'm really interested to see where this goes for Burns. Dave, you alluded to it. A lot of inexperienced guys, a lot of corn fairy guys were in the mix this weekend. Uh, we saw, um, you know, Cameron Young finished second, corn fairy graduate Hayden Buckley, my guy Hayden Buckley finished uh, T4. Uh, Sahith Dagala was the 54 hole leader, another corn fairy guy. I was thinking about this, guys. The the depth of these fields this year, all these these corn fairy guys are. I mean, they're just for real. The, the talent depth and the pool of talent in the PGA right now is just so deep where, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of these guys, you know, from week to week in contention for wins, not necessarily getting them. But a guy like Cameron Young, you know, we heard a lot about he had a couple of corn fairy wins last year. I think he doubled his career earnings just by this week, the second place finish. Um, what do you think, David? Am I wrong? Is this as, is this as deep as the talent's ever been? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. I actually did a little bit of research uh, a few hours ago, specifically on Cameron Young. I actually got the chance to see his all of his back nine on Saturday, and what a golf swing. I mean, I had never really paid much attention to him before that, but I'm like, who is that guy? So did some research. Anyway, what a great guy, but just the list of guys that and let's just say the guys that made the cut, not even necessarily the top 20, but there are a ton of corn fairy guys that played really, really well this week. And you're totally right in that the depth of fields is just unbelievably solid. I don't know that, and this is, this may not come out right. I don't know that we'll ever see a tiger woods again because of tiger woods. I mean, if that makes any sense, because he inspired so many of these kids now that are <laughs> through the Corn Ferry Tour, on the Corn Ferry Tour, on the PGA Tour, and they're all they're all ready to win. Well, and we saw it with Morikawa, we saw it with Wolf. All those they come right out of college, bam, they're ready to win. They think they can win. Um, so no, that the depths of fields nowadays are just unbelievable. Anybody in the golf tournament can win period johnny um depth of fields you know that that whole discussion and then we got we got nick watney man finishing t2 trivia question for both of you do you guys know how nick watney is exempt this year is it top I, uh, top 20 or top 10 all-time career money winner Top 50 career money winner. He's right at 50. It's a one-time exemption. But I was like, that's pretty impressive. Damn, Nick Watney. I mean, top yeah. 50 all-time. And yeah. he, he's had a slew of missed cuts for a year and I a looked, half. I looked back at his last two and a half years of, of stuff, and he has twice as many missed cuts as he has made cuts, if not more. Yeah, it's and that's a, it was impressive. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, Johnny, any other takeaways from Sanderson for you? Well, I was I was happy to see Nick Watney. I'm a big fan of his. Back when I played, back in the day when I played in college, there were three or so power guys. This was after Tiger had turned pro because um, he's, I think, five years older than I am. Um, one was Charles Howell. Hmm. One was... Um, Bryce Mulder went to Georgia Tech. He didn't ever yep. amount to really anything. And then, the, but the main dude was uh, was Nick Watney. He went to uh, uh, Fresno State and won like everything out there. And he was just every time I'd go into golfstat.com, we'd look at the college scores and everything like that. And and he was he was the guy. So I've always kind of been a big fan of him. Uh, you know, he played deeply college golf, and I did. So you know, that was really cool to see. But yeah, I. I would have said exactly what uh, uh, what, what Dave was saying. We're we're kind of seeing the, the the tiger, the you know the the you know the tiger generation, the post tiger generation, where these kids who normally wouldn't get into golf, uh, you know, they had gotten into golf because of Tiger, or their parents got them into golf because of Tiger, and and they're with the competitive tournaments, the junior tournaments, the college mm -hmm. tournaments that are out there are so they're so deep that they're they're just ready to go and and colleges now spend all this money and they the, the especially the power five conferences 
they invest all this money in, in facilities um, that uh, that these these kids are ready to go right out out of and whether it's Corn Ferry or whether they play PGA Tour Canada's start or the Latino tours, um, they're ready to go, and, and we're going to see a lot of of guys who pop pop up here. Not just the fall, but I think you know as they jockey in position to up their their priority status which is what they're doing now to get into the, uh, the winter events, the West coast swing. Um, we're going to see some, uh, some guys break through and, you know, you might not see a win, but you're going to see a lot of guys that uh, had a lot of success on the corn ferry that are going to end up doing pretty well here. So it'll be interesting to see. And also the only other takeaway I've got from the tournament is that's, it's gotta be one of the best trophies in golf. I mean, it's, it's a big <laughs> chicken looking thing. I mean, I would like, is it a rooster? I kind of want the. I think it is actually. It's a rooster. It's a. That's is it same thing? Isn't it? I mean, basically same family. Yeah. No, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm not. I'm not a farm animal expert, but yeah, same kind of idea, right? Um. Yeah, I agree with you guys though. The the. I think that the, the number of guys that have multiple wins per year is just, it's going to be less and less because you're going to have more yeah. guys pick off a, a win here and there. You know, yeah. if you, if you win two times this year, it's a hell of a year, no matter what else you do. Um, that's why guys like Stuart sink went in two times last year. Jason Kokrak went in two times last year was that's, that's underrated stuff. That's really hard to win period. Getting multiple yeah. wins is a big deal. Um, I don't really have much else from Sanderson Farms. I, I have been told that we need to follow up on our picks, what, what was successful that we put out on Facebook and, and Instagram um, on the podcast. So, you know, Johnny and I both put out six picks. We put out some winners, top 10s, top 20s, and some head-to-heads. I hit two of my six. I hit Matt Wolf top 20 at plus 180, and CT Pan over Seamus Power plus 105. Johnny also hit two. Both of his were head-to-heads. He hit Sunday over Sergio at plus 100, and Will Zalatoris over Chuck Hoffman at minus 120. So we both hit two. Not not great. Not what we wanted. Um, I thought Aaron Wise was primed for my for me. I thought Will Zalatoris was primed for Johnny for a while, um, but they both tail or faded in the last couple of days. Um, but pretty good tournament overall. And we're headed to a tournament guys this week. That is a really, really good field uh, of the, this is the third event. And of the three events of the new season, this is easily the best field. Um, I think I saw 15 of the top 30 players in the world are here. Um, and, and, and now Vegas kind of has its own Vegas swing with this event. And then um, the, uh, What's what's the name of it? C, is it the CJ Cup? Is that is that where it's going to be? CJ next? Cup, yeah, that Shadow Creek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next week that that event as well. Um, so the Shriners this weekend. Um, I'm going to have our our TPC Summerlin uh, ex local expert here and Johnny describe the course because he's played it quite a few times. I have. I've played it. Uh, I think about ten times. My Good friend uh, from high school, Rich Morgan, was the one of the assistant professionals out there. So he would uh, we'd go out yearly and fly out there and stay with him, and uh, he'd, he'd get me on the course at least once or twice uh, during the stay there. But this is a little bit different than a uh, you know when you go out to Vegas, you see desert golf, so you see the the 
It's basically desert with patches of, of grass for fairways and a little bit rough. This one is a little bit more of a parkland style. There is some desert um, outcroppings, but it's mostly a, a green piece of property. Um, they play at elevation there, so length is really not a concern. Um, as evident by some of the winners there have not been, been uh, you know, uh, long ball strike or long drivers there. So, um, but uh, um, places a premium on, on your second shots, stroke scanned approach is the big one there. Um, and you got to make putts. Greens roll really, really, really nicely. The, the um, winners usually are in the low, low 20 under range. Um, it seems like there's a playoff almost every single year on it too, because it, it gets really, really bunched up and it's got a pretty solid finish there with 16, 17, the par three, and then, uh, and then 18 with the water in the front there. So, um, not long, you don't have to have, uh, you don't have to hit it that far to get around the golf course. Um, but really gotta, um, hit it close to the hole, make a bunch of putts and you've just, it's going to be a birdie fest. Um, like I said, so you got to look for guys who can shoot low a lot, and, and I think that's where we're going to end up finding a winner there. The yeah, it's I, I looking looking back at the the last few years of this tournament. Um, I think there was one year where Cantley won, where it was windy all four days. I think it was nine under one, but yeah, you're going to have to go really low. Um, and of course, Martin Laird uh, won last year in the playoff. Who could forget Martin Laird winning um, over Matt Wolf over Matthew um, Wolf. I had I remember I had a huge live bet on Matt Wolf and that tournament. I got him right. way early on Saturday and he just kept go shooting up the board and yeah, that was uh, that was fun. Before I and guys, I forgot quickly before we get to the Shriners, uh, can, can we talk about Bryson real quick? Um, sure. The the you know, it, I don't even know. Was it the World Long Drive Championship? Yeah, it's the World Long Drive okay. Championship. I didn't yep. know if that was the actual name of it, but uh, you know, mm -hmm. The, the whole lead up to the Ryder Cup was was Bryson. Maybe his focus wasn't on the Ryder Cup. He was too focused on this event right after. Um, you know that was all dispelled a little bit by his great performance. Uh, you know, going uh, you know two zero and one at the Ryder Cup, and then he he parlays that into I guess finishing seventh in the events and really uh, acquitting himself really well with with some of the I mean really the go to the sport Kyle Berkshire wins, but. Um, I think I saw his his ball speed was at 219. Um, Dave, you're you're obviously around TrackMan, you know, all the time with within the golf yeah. garage. What 219? Yeah. How how insane is that? It's it's really insane to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> um, I think the fastest I've seen in the golf garage has been like 192, 193. So add 10 more to that is just it's nuts. Um, it's I think I'll see how I want to say this. Um, I'm not a huge Bryson fan. I, I don't dislike him, but I'm not a huge fan. But A, for him to be willing to even go there and do that, and B, to do it directly after coming off the high of the Ryder Cup and all of the emotion and drain that that puts on you and to perform as well as he did – I think that is absolutely one of the most coolest things he's ever done. I mean, I, I heard a lot of people talking about after he said he would go or wanted to go even, um, Oh, he won't do any good. It's a whole different swing. You know, it's this, it's that. Well, the dude hit 
at least two, if not three drives that carried 400 yards in the Ryder Cup. So you take him out to some uh, elevation out in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and it doesn't shock me a bit that he hits on 400 yards. Uh, he's got a swing unlike anybody else on the PGA Tour. He's one of the few guys that can hit it ungodly long and still chip and putt. So John, Johnny I has, think it's awesome. No, I, I, I'm with you, Dave. Johnny has – has Bryson turned the corner here as far as positive fanfare, maybe at least for, for the rest of this year? He, he has absolutely until he does something stupid. And I know when Bryson, <laughs> yep. and, and I know when Bryson, when, I, when he listens back to this podcast right here, Bryson, yep. I'm talking to you directly. Do not go back to that hat that you've been wearing during tournament, tournament days. That alone right, right there will will increase your credibility he actually looked kind of cool during the Ryder cup with just his baseball cap it's just like just do that but yeah he's he's gonna do he's gonna bryson at some point he's gonna say something extremely arrogant or nerdy and it's gonna be perceived wrong and you're gonna get the you're gonna get the bros that don't like what he says but he's doing a lot of really neat things and, and it helps when you help the United States win the Ryder Cup. And then you turn out you're the eighth longest driver in the world um, by finishing, you know, obviously eighth place at this this event here. So really, really, really neat to see. I, I hope that, you know, I don't care if he's like super likable, but the, the opposite of what he is is just, it, it's it's not even, it's not even fun anymore. It's not, not even, it's, it's, I'm just done with it. So it's I'm old. hoping that... Yeah. Uh, that that he can that, that maybe this makes him a little more on the likable side. He can see that, and then his people can tell him, "Hey, dude, this is the stuff that you need to you need to do here to gain some fans." Because I think he'll plays his best when when uh, when he's liked, when he feels like he's liked, and I think that's just the type of guy that he is. So really awesome to see. I, I you know right now we're probably seeing one of the best drivers of the golf ball ever. I mean. You know, the, he's not going to be the longest. He's not going to hit it as far, as far as Berkshire. But, I mean, to be able to swing like that in a PGA tournament or during the Ryder Cup with that kind of pressure and hit it with 190 ball speed, and he'll hit 200 during a, during an event this year at some point. Oh, it's yeah. going to happen. Um, is it, just it, is phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal that he can swing like that w- with, you know, where you got to count the foul ball and, and he can hit it. And win a golf tournament like that. I read a story that the I think it was on Saturday at the Ryder Cup, the 13th hole, which I think it was 393. And, and he he tried to drive the green. He puts it in the front left bunker. Um, I think you know which hole I'm talking about. Um, and I guess behind the tee, Steph Curry was out there watching with with a couple of his buddies. And um, you know, uh, reportedly, you know, Steph just went nuts. You know, when Bryson held his driver over his head like like a sword, and he he just, I mean, he was, you know, one of the, one of the most transcendent basketball players. You know, maybe the, the best player of his own generation, reacting like this to Bryson is is pretty cool. It's it's, um, you know, so I don't know where this goes for from him, but this feels like the highest he's been uh, uh, approval wise in a while. Um, 
So I, I, I do. I have seen a lot about the hat. I do think it's a thing. Um, I, I don't. I don't see him going that route during events, but it it, it might improve his likability if he would just wear a regular damn hat. Um, see how that goes. But uh, quick, yeah, quick cab. Go ahead. No, no, Sorry. go ahead. Dad. Quick caveat: uh, you were talking about the two. 212 or whatever his ball speed was in that thing. I don't know if you guys know it, but Kyle Berkshire was here in town about two or four weeks ago, yeah. played in the pro scratch. And then they did like a competition slash exhibition uh, at Sycamore Hills. Have you guys heard anything about that? I heard he was here. Yeah. I, I think I saw yeah. it on their, their Instagram. Yeah. Um, on number one, they did this competition off the of number one tee at Sycamore. And the pin was, 441 off the tee and three or four other guys that are pretty long around the state were competing against him. One guy hit at 396, uh, Tyler Eifert, uh, from here, but now living in Florida hit at like 389 Berkshire flew it 422 and it ended up rolling pin high just to the left of the green. And I don't remember the exact number, but Matt Schmidt was right there with him. He said his ball speed was like 220-something, 220 220 223. Yeah, just just unreal. <laughs> unreal. It, it, it defies logic. What, what it does. It really does. does. I've, I was reading um, Sunday morning about Berkshire, how he, he really wants to make a run at, at, at a couple tour events and with some uh, – um, some sponsors exemptions that he's really been focusing on, you know, his iron game and, and short game um, because, you know, distance off the tee, he's seen what Bryson can do. He's, he talked about how that could be such an advantage for him. And I'd be interested to see, I don't think he'd have, the, I think there was another guy four, four or five years ago, Jamie Sedlowski, he tried to make yeah. a run at some events. It didn't go well for him. Um, yeah. But it's easier to swing hard and hit it long in a 80 yard wide area than it is to hit it long in a 30 yard wide area. And now you got to hit it on the green and make a putt. So yeah, <laughs> it's sure. a lot harder to go that way than the other way, but I, you know what? It'd be cool. I have no, just real quick note. If they give him a sponsor exemption, I'm all for it. I'm I mean, sure. that brings people to the event. It, it makes a big attraction. I say, go for it. See what happens. I am too. I, I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. That's what those, um, those kind of things are for. It's, it's the same people that, you know, that would complain about that, that complained about Steph Curry getting an exemption in the corn Ferry event a couple of years ago, you know, it's, you know, those, those people just need to find something else to bitch about. Um, yeah, they're there to sell tickets and if that sells tickets, boom, okay. do it. Yes. Yes. Let's get to the, uh, the odds on the Shriners Hospitals for Children's Open. Uh, it's been a while since Brooks Kepka has been a favorite on uh, uh, an event. I would say at least, I don't know, at least till early in the season, maybe even in the fall last season. I don't know, but he's at plus 1,600. This, the top of this board, guys, is really congested. Um, and answer Webb, they're all right behind him at plus 1800. Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler, they're hovering around the plus 2000 range. Zalatoris, Harris English, Kevin Na, uh, Dave's guy at 2500. Sam uh -huh. Burns, Sam Burns is at 2500. Paul Casey, Hideki, Sanjay at plus 28. Those are the guys under plus 3000. It's really hard to distinguish, uh, you know, who is, you know, the, the guy from this group that 
you would bet to win because there's so many good players. And, you know, Johnny mentioned you want a guy that can make a lot of birdies. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys can do that. Um, you know, do you look at a guy like Scheffler who's coming off a, you know, the high of the Ryder Cup, um, a guy like Webb who's got an amazing history here, or a guy like Kevin Na who also has owned this place, or a guy like Burns who won last week. It's what, what do you value more, um, you know, one or the other, Johnny? I think course course knowledge is going to be uh, is going to be a big thing. There there are some names that I like here, so they they're not necessarily going to fit with that. But um, a guy like uh, uh, you know the top couple names at the top of the, the board there, um, Brooks Kepka and, and Ustazen. Um, Ustazen just doesn't doesn't win unfortunately. And although this golf course does compare favorably to TPC Scottsdale, where Kepka's won uh, uh, a couple times here. It's it's not a major championship, so I, I can't bet him pre-tournament. Unfortunately, um, I do like Scotty Scheffler this week quite a bit here to uh, to finally break through and win. Um, you know, him beating John Rahm in the in the Ryder Cup there, having a pretty good event. He's going to be resting up for a week here, and um, I do like that number at twenty-two to one. Um, the other guy is, and based on the, the course history, is Kevin Na. He won in twenty eleven and twenty nineteen. Um, if he gets that putter going, uh, which is exactly what you want to do on that golf course, there, I like it. Uh, twenty-five to one is a pretty good number there, um, and you can even get him at uh, plus two twenty on the top ten. I'd like Sam Burns for this golf course, but like I've said countless times here, winning two weeks in a row is, is such a challenge there. So uh, for him, for me this week, I, I think it's going to be a stay away. Um, but there are some pretty good, uh, pretty good value here, which is kind of atypical from what we normally see um, in these off-season events. So Shuffler is the guy for you at the, the top. Yeah. I mean, this historically, this course has seen a lot of first-time winners. Um, I, I think it'd be to no one's surprise if Scheffler would get it done this week. Uh, Dave, anybody from that group that you would like to bet on to win this week? Um, from that main group, not necessarily. A um, couple of guys that I noticed that that I think really have a good chance. Corey Connors uh, played well last week, can really putt his golf ball. And I know Johnny mentioned that's a place you got to make some putts. Um, and Kevin Na being the hometown boy, to be honest with you, that's where he is, where he's from. Um, obviously familiar with the place, I'm sure. Uh, would be near the top of my list. I, I still kind of was looking through that. So I'll get you some more stuff here tomorrow morning on, on that. But those are the two that really kind of stuck out to me. On, on my Shriners bingo card, Dave picking Kevin Nob was on there. So thank you for letting me cross ah, that one out. Your bingo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm gravitating more and more as, as I looked at the numbers today to Webb Simpson at plus 1800. Webb's Iron Game has, has returned uh, toward the end of the season. Um, he hasn't won since. Um, Harbor Town in 2020, so it's been a second for Webb. I just think he was trending at the end of the season enough to, um, you know, and, and a, this is a a form meets course history kind of deal. His course history is excellent here. Uh, I think he won in 2014. 
Um, I, I obviously love the Scheffler pick. There's no reason why he couldn't win here. Um, but uh, the the second guy that I'm, I'm looking at in that group is Victor Hovland at plus 2,000. I just think Hovland is a birdie machine. When we talk about guys that just make a ton of birdies around, Hovland's one of the guys that, one of the guys that comes to mind. He's third in approach the last 24 rounds. He's he's going to hit it well enough. It just comes down to making putts. We saw him have a, a bit of an uneven performance at the Ryder Cup. I, I think he played well. He just didn't finish off matches um, the, the last few holes. But I, I thought his overall performance was really solid. Um, I just think he's he's due to um, you know contend this week. So I'll take Hovland at plus two thousand um, and Webb from that group. Um, the next group we mentioned. Uh, Dave talked about Connors already, plus 3,500. He he had a pretty good week last week at Sanderson. Um, our favorite top 10 plays, Cameron Tringali at plus 3,500. Um, you know, one of those guys that just will not win, but he'll always be around the lead or around the top 10. Um, Joaquin Neiman, Pat Reed, Matt Wolf at plus 4,000, Siwoo at plus 4,500, and then a slew of guys at plus 5,000. Eric Van Royen, Mito, Aaron Wise, and Charlie Hoffman. Um, Dave, besides Connors, anyone there? Yeah, Matt Wolf um, had success. Well, didn't win, but he's in a playoff. Played well there uh, last year, as you know. Um, played well this last week. I think he had one bad round, but other than that, played pretty well. Yeah, cool. um, so, yeah, that, that would be the one that really stands out to me. Patrick Reed coming back, his first individual tournament. Well, I guess I take that back. I guess he did play in the Tour Championship. If you want to count that, I'm sure he was still you know, yeah. fighting the effects of uh, all his other issues. But His near-death experience. Exactly. Just another one to keep a, keep an eye on. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. Hey, you don't you don't know. You weren't there. I feel I feel confident in that. I feel confident that that's uh, uh, a little overstated. A little bit, Um, Johnny. Fair enough. In that group, is it you going Mito again? I'm going to cool off on Mito. He he didn't play well uh, this last week here. Um, No reason to believe that he. This is a trend, but I'm going to. I'm not, I'm not going to end up betting him pre-tournament this week. I'll echo Connors. Um, he played really well. Could have actually contended if not for a bad uh, uh, Saturday round, I don't, which I think he shot 70 there. So um, Tringali, he's uh, he's a Vegas dude. So, you know, not as a win, but I, I'd feel comfortable in a, in a top 10 or top 20 bet there. Um of course, feels like it's a good setup for Yako Neiman. Um, he's going to be well rested. Could he win at forty to one? I I don't mind that number at all. He he's one that really though, you know, hasn't been able to seal the deal. But I like him playing well this week. Um, those are those are the main ones there. Like I, I'm I'm not shocked at Patrick Reed, but you know, four plus. 4,000. We always kind of look at those numbers. I'm just not sure if he can shoot 22, 23 under par uh, right now on this golf course to, to be able to do that. So might end up staying away from him. And I'm hoping, I don't know if I'll bet it. I'm hoping Matthew Wolf that will start to see a, uh, a trend upward there end up making a pretty long putt. I think on Friday on, uh, on the 18th hole yeah, there just to, make the just cut. to get yeah. to the cut line there and really play well over the weekend there. So 
you know, good Saturday, good Sunday. Maybe he can take this uh, uh, good play here on the, this last weekend and, and something here at the golf tournament. But anyone else in the five thousands, uh, right at five, or fifty to one, there don't really love any of those. Um, what about you with uh, with your Aaron Wise? Are you gonna ride the Aaron Wise train at fifty to one? No, I, I wanted to, but he he was first in the field around the green last week. He chipped in a couple times, and he was negative two strokes uh, approaching the green, so he was lucky really to even be finished where he was, to be honest. So I'm I'm awful wise this week. I, I like the Wolf play guys. He his profile last week was he was positive in every category. He was solid off the tee, solid in approach. Coming back to a course that he nearly won on that fits his game, his mindset, making birdies. I, I like the wolf play. I do. Um, I'm Dave. I'm all in on Pat Reed this week. I love the number. I love the story of Reed nearly dying about a month and a half ago and him coming back and winning <laughs> in Vegas. I love this. Um, uh, and you know, they'll play that up so big if he's up near there. Oh, and he will too. He will too. So oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I just see that number. I think Reed is always undervalued because there's no, there's the public's never on. Him. There's never any public money yeah, no, that's coming true. in. And, and so this, this number for a guy that has such win equity and a, I mean, I think it's great. I, I'm definitely being on Reed and I'm going to surprise you, Johnny. I am in on Mito this week at plus 5,000. He was really solid striking the ball last week, uh, fourth in approach um, for the week. Uh, awful putting. He lost almost five strokes putting. Um, I'm hoping that's uh, just an anomaly uh, for some plus 5,000. I think still a good number for guys still hitting it really well. And he, he was still 13 under for the week. It's not like he missed a cut. Um, so even plus 400 for top 10 is a good number. Um, anybody in on Chuck Hoffman, a UNLV guy, local guy? No. In? No. no. Would no. it shock me? No. Charlie always plays well six times a year. I mean, always, play, you know, gets a chance, maybe wins one every once in a while, but he'll have – four to six top tens, you know, he'll end up in the top hundred ish or 40 ish or whatever at the end of the year. He's, he's a guy that actually has surprised me a little bit. And I won't go too long on this because he's not winning this week, but what a career the guys had. I mean, honestly, I mean, <laughs> talk Good about a, a grinder. Yeah. I mean, wins what three or four times total now, but he's been on tour for what t- almost 20 years. True. It's a, it's a, yeah. you know, kind of a Charles Howell like career. Yeah. Always, keep, always yeah. keeps his card. Never yeah. been in jeopardy. Always, you know, he's always in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, you know, he wins what one every three years, something like that. Well, now that's um, the other thing. Once we get, you know, around January out there to the West Coast swing, I'll put him back on my radar because that's usually where he does most of his damage, seemingly. <laughs> well, I, I actually like him uh, as, as a live bet. Um, this week here because you just don't know how he's going to come out and play. But uh, That's yeah, is he is he going to win? Probably not. There's a real good chance that even if he gets in contention, he won't. But I mean, you could look at uh, you know if he plays uh, decent, makes the cut. You know, he's sitting there around 30th or something like that after two rounds. I mean, you throw a top 10 bet on him. If he starts out at uh, at 50 to one, he, he's his chances aren't going to increase that much there. So you could still get him at real good plus odds and like a top 10 or top 20 bet on these apps here 
you know, and just hope for a, for a hot weekend there. But with him, he could be very, very hit or miss. Um, being a UNLV guy, though, I mean, could end up, you know, meaning something there that ends up finishing pretty high and, you know, kind of gets his FedEx Cup points for the next several months and just kind of parks it until, uh, you know, West Coast swing. 55 to one, and we'll go up to 80 to one. Um, Adam Scott's in here, Russell Henley. Uh, Jason Kokrak's back down to a number we're used to seeing him at 55 to one. Uh, Leishman Poulter, Mav McNeely, 60 to one. Danny Willett coming off of uh, a Euro Tour win last week. He's at 65. The Dunhill. Uh, the Dunhill. Um, Streelman, Taylor Gooch, Seamus Power, Richard Fowler, 8,000, and Ryan Palmer and Charles Schwartzville, 8,000. All the guys that are under 100 to one. Um, I'll go first here, guys. Um, I will go right back to Maverick McNeely at 60 to one. He almost won out of Napa, not a long golf course. I think on courses where Mav doesn't have to hit it out there, his, his iron game has improved. He is uh, really good around the greens and his putting is, is reasonable. So on a shorter golf course, I like Mav probably safer is like a top 20 play. Um, but I, I could see him contending again. And of course, like this, where he's got to make a lot of birdies. Um, so 60 to one, I would like uh, Maverick there. And um, the only other guy in this range that I would consider uh, for a potential win bet would be Russ Henley. I, I feel like he should have won at some point in last season, didn't get it done, but he's still second in approaching this field the last 24 rounds. He can always uh, knock down the flag stick with his irons. He just, it's always dependent on his putter. Dave, what about you in this group? Yeah, actually, I was Russell Henley was the first name I thought of because if his putter gets hot, he can make a ton of birdies. And, and kind of like Johnny said, it's not a golf course where you have to be a bomber. Um, so for him, it's totally going to depend on his putter. And then the other one in that group, Ryan Palmer, another guy that can just, if he gets the flat stick rolling, can just dump in birdie after birdie. So um, those would be the two that stuck out at me right there. Yes, Ryan Palmer. Yes, Johnny. Ryan Texas, Palmer, I mean, Texas guy. Texas. It could be windy there like Texas. <laughs> I right. played it one time. I played the golf course one time. It was, I'm not kidding you, it was 30 to 35 miles an hour at least and gusty. Remember, Phil, when we oh. went out there and played uh, went out to yeah. Vegas trip and we played and it was crazy windy? So I, yeah. I, I played it like that it was just i mean just relentlessly all day but you know he, he's a guy who could get around the golf course so if uh you know if he can just get that iron play a little bit more improved because really hasn't done much here lately but yeah. this list here um if i had to pick a guy i really wanted to pick jason kokrak um you know he's a good putter good driver the golf ball there's no form though so it kind of concerns me on whether i would actually bet him um, I, I, I like the McNeely bet. I like Russell Henley. So if I had to pick a third guy out of that list, it would be, it would be Kokrak, but I wouldn't feel super, super confident. So I'm going to have to look more into the numbers before, if I'd actually have to make that an official bet. Yeah. yeah. I don't love that, that group really. There's not a lot there. I, I do love Mav though. I, I, I could see him in contention. And uh, I think a top 20 play is very, very safe at plus money. Uh, guys, any anybody on the list that you've seen uh, 100 to 1 and above? Um, Belleville, have you had a Ready? chance to look? Yep. Ready? I am. 
Cameron Young will be your winner this week. Oh, he's coming off a of number tech second place last week. First tour event wins his second tour event, hundred and twenty five to one. At least that's the, the app I looked he's at. at. He's at one fifty to one now. Is he's it at at the one say the one I looked at was one twenty five? I just yeah, I started to say this a while ago. I bet you you will see a minimum of three Corn Fairy guys win this year. Minimum of three. I like that. Yeah. Cameron, I mean, Cameron just, Young, the kid you, can play. You were talking about watching him on Saturday. I was too, mm-hmm. and I saw he had one of his one of his driver swings was uh, 189 ball speed, which is pretty impressive. You know, when mm-hmm. we're, not, we're not talking about long drive competition, we're right? Talking yeah, about, this is under the gun. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, this guy can get yeah. it out there. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. We we talked about this before the Napa event that we see it every every fall. Someone gets gets a run going and, and they win it. They win an event. They finish top five and a couple others. They get hot. I could I could easily see that. Johnny, anyone? Uh, I think. Sorry, go ahead. Nope, you're good. No, no, Dave, you got a lot to say. Well, I was just I was just gonna say I was just gonna say, and, and part of the reason I say that a he's on a good run, but b he finished second this week, and like you said, he doubled his his income. I can't imagine the amount of pressure that that takes off of a young corn fairy player to know basically he's got his card wrapped up for next year. I mean, unless he literally breaks his arm or something and can't play for 10 weeks, he's got his card wrapped up. All he's got to do is go out and play. There's, there has to be a freedom of, of, just that opens up the feel, the way you play, the, the the feelings inside of you when you get to an event, and you know you don't have to grind that you've already secured it for the year. And yeah. you know he'll he'll probably have to play solid, but that second place is going to go a long way the rest of the year. Um, right, so. exactly, exactly. Johnny, over a hundred to one. You know, I was actually going to say Cameron Young as well. I I, I think that uh, that really good Sunday round did something for him. I kind of like also how he just kind of loads it, pauses, and just just rips the shit out of the ball. But uh, I, I think uh, you know I, I think he could definitely uh, I think you'll definitely look at contending though. So at that kind of odds, you could throw a small win bet on there exactly. and you know, have a real real nice payout. So he's a guy that I had targeted there after that finish there. Um, I, I'm gonna kind of lean towards the younger guys. I mean, you saw Hayden Buckley played well last week. Whether he's gonna take that two weeks in a row, we'll, we'll see. But you know, the, these guys, like like we were talking about, they can play. So you know, if I, you know, you could get top twenty, top thirty value at these uh, where they just gotta make the cut, and then you know, have a couple good rounds here on the weekend there. So another guy who always seems to pop up. Um, and I'll go with the uh, Las Vegas native is is Scott Piercy. Um, he's he's played well at this event before. He's the local guy. I hate him, but you know it, it, you got to just bet the dude, you know, type of thing. If if you think he's going to end up playing well, so he's he's a guy I'm targeting there. Um, the, the rest of it, there, there's some guys out there, but I don't know if I'm ready to put my money on. Many of them, they're going to have good value. So I may look at live betting a couple of these guys during the event. But uh, those are the ones I'm, I'm looking at. Um, I, I think I'd feel pretty comfortable with those guys. Two things. Um, first of all, since Zach wasn't able to make it tonight, he wanted to uh, he wanted to make note that that 
Matt Kuchar and Hayden Buckley are at the same odds this week. They're both 180 to one. So Zach and I have another Hayden Buckley versus Matt Kuchar rematch God. this week. Um, I, just I am, donate money. I am down. I lost the bet earlier, so we're doing double or nothing on who's got a better finish this week. <laughs> I did remind Zach that Hayden finished T4 last week. Um, I have two guys. I have um, – I'm going I'm right back to Sahith Tagala at 100 to 1. Um, I think he played great through three rounds, faded a little bit uh, on the early in the back nine on Sunday, but I have no reason to think that this guy can't get in the mix again. And uh, I found this guy earlier in the day. I already let Johnny know who it is, but I, I was a little shocked at his number. I had to double check. It's already it's already moved way down. It is now 200 to one Hank Lebiota. I think people forgot that Hank had a, just a torch torching middle of the summer where he finished uh, top 10, three events in a row. Um, that was only three events ago. He's only played three events since that run. He finished fifth at travelers fourth at rocket mortgage, eight at John Deere. Um, is he probably going to win? No, but plus 2000 for a top 10 is insane. And he's also, um, you know, those events that he played well were bent grass just like this week. Um, I love the Hank Lebiota top 10. If you want to go to the top 20, go ahead. You're still going to get a great number on it. Um, that might be my play of the week, guys, actually. Uh, anything? That's, a, that's a good one. Real real quick, why, why has he only played those few events then? I know, I mean – he probably didn't make the playoffs, right? He did. He did make the playoffs. So between John Deere and Wyndham, he he had some family stuff. I think was ah, his, that's his what fa- I wondered. Okay. I think his his dad was ill, so he came back at Wyndham, missed a cut, and then he he did he did uh, qualify for the playoffs, and he was out the first week of okay. Northern Northern Trust. Okay, I right, um, just wondered. He did play the Fortnite Championship, um, but he missed a cut there, but. You know, I'm just looking for the value here, and uh, absolutely, that's a that just seems like a great number. Um, anything else for you guys this week on this tournament or in the, the betting market? No, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm I will add. Just, um, yeah, if uh, if if you don't always, if you want to bet another tour, there um, the tournament in Spain, the Euro Tour. Um, is John Rahm's playing in it, and there's a couple other guys. He's a plus 200 uh, on on the win line there. So, I, you know, if you think he's going to win, and, and there's really not a ton left in that field there, that uh, that might not be a uh, it, – it's a really just terrible payoff. But we did that with uh, with Phil Mickelson, I think, with an event or two when he started with the, the Champions Tour there, and uh, – end up, uh, you know, working out pretty good there. And also Mickelson is playing in the, uh, uh, the, it's the Furick and friends event or something like that. So plus yeah. 400, if you're interested in that, but there's a little bit better field there. So I'm, I'm, I'd stay away there. The, the, the Spain event that Ron's playing in is it's totally calling my name for a, a cross event parlay, uh, Ron to win at plus yeah. 200 with, Something else that would be plus 200 to plus 500 range for the Shriners. You know, maybe a Hank Leviota top 40 would be plus money, something like that with the ROM victory. Uh, you get that up to over, you know, plus 1,000. That might be something to look at. I, I, I mean, I think ROM's won that tournament. I saw the field. It's not good. Um, but nothing's a sure thing in golf, though. Uh, Belleville, anything else? 
Not I can think of, boys. I sure appreciate you having me on. Johnny? You all set? I'm good. What about Harry Hall? Uh, Harry Hall put 300 to 1. <laughs> I just love I love finding what? these names. I just saw Harry Hall. Harry Hall. Uh, not, gonna, not, I must stay away. Listen, not quite to a Kenny Pigman level, but uh, I do like the name Harry Hall. Nobody um, will be on no, Kenny Pigman. Nobody. Uh, appreciate Dave and Johnny being here tonight. Uh, Dave to talk about his win and Johnny to talk about his shitty ass lions uh for at least a second uh, and uh we will get our picks out on instagram and facebook this week uh i assume we'll have picks from all four of us including zach um so take a look at those if you're interested in potentially winning some money this week uh thanks again for listening everyone and we'll catch you next time